Hello, and welcome to Feeling Good with Gwen. I'm your host, Gwen Johnson. I'm a certified functional medicine health and life coach. And on this show, we will explore all areas that influence how we feel about ourselves, our life, and our health. Hey, sweet sunshine. Today, we're going to get into some work around our past and how it's impacting our present and our future. I'm going to share with you a practice that has been really big for me and my healing. And if you stick around all the way to the end, I actually share three other little quick practices that have been incredibly helpful on my journey to accepting and actually loving myself. So crazy. And just um, accepting who I am and where I am and where I came from and all the things. So here we go. When someone asks us about our life or our childhood or what's new, we tell them a story. We tell them a story of what we had for breakfast or how our kid constantly wants to eat while reading a book and how we worry they're associating reading with eating and we worry that might be a problem someday. We tell them a story about our day, how it's going, what's happening in life, or maybe we have something really exciting to share like that day we went for a run and got charged by mama bear and how we almost shot our pants but just kept telling her, I know, I'm sorry, I'm leaving now, I'm a mom, I get it over and over again. And then when we were just far enough past her, we ran so hard and fast, it felt like we were flying. And then so suddenly, you couldn't even believe it. All the energy drained out of your body, and you could hardly move, and you felt like you were turning slowly to stone. And you actually called home for help, but it was decided that there was no way for your husband to drive up into the woods with the truck to rescue you. So the only way home was to continue in the opposite direction, like the direction away from home, because there was absolutely no way you were going back the way you came, obviously. So off you went with your lead body for what felt like miles in the wrong direction. You see, we tell stories. We also tell stories about how we were raised and what our childhood was like. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We tell stories of our trauma and our suffering and pain. And we tell stories of magic summer nights swimming with phosphorescence exploding like fireworks off our limbs. Or we tell the story of fear and how that fear created a desperate need to keep things light and happy at all times in order to actually avoid feeling scared, in order to avoid triggering anything in our house, creating a dangerous space. So the light and the dark always woven together, but always with a little bit more emphasis on the dark because our brain more easily connects with other people on that level. And so it can sell more seats to the story, of course. We include plot twists um, or challenges. And if we're feeling really brave, we might share our failures and flaws and maybe how we overcame things. We write our story with our words, even if it's just getting our shoes on and heading out for our morning stroll around the block. And that's cool because stories are magic. Absolutely. But they can also be as heavy as our limbs after a massive surge of adrenaline leaves our body. And we drag that weight around with us like we have no choice. But I am interested in the idea of our our lifetime being made up of bits of stories. In the idea that 
our experience of childhood is a story that we tell over and over again so many times that it becomes the only truth we entertain. But in writing stories, there is, of course, the potential to observe our characters from a new angle, to reimagine her reactions, to reimagine what her reactions might mean, to edit and rewrite parts. This has been a really powerful shift for me. It's actually been a huge part of my healing, so I wanted to share it here with you. Because the truth is, our stories can hold us back. They can limit us and how we experience our life. They can be full of trauma. And while there's no doubt that for many people, trauma is a part of our story, living in that version of ourselves for our entire life is not empowering or inspiring or a good time at all. Or I should say, (laughs) it hasn't been for me. Now, I do want to mention If you're dealing with a lot of unresolved trauma, please access help to process it. That's good in essential work and it's a gift to you. But if you're like me and have confronted that beast and can hold space for it without getting lost in it, this is a potentially empowering practice for you to visit. So when we look at the story of our life, could we write ourselves a new version? Not the facts, but the story. The story we're telling ourselves about the facts and the beliefs we have created out of those stories. It's a bit hard to admit to myself, and so now also to you, that the stories I have about my childhood are in fact just my perception. The other people involved may have a totally different perspective and story altogether. That feels both outrageous and impossible and also creates a bit of a kind of question for me because suddenly things are gray when they have always been black and white. It also creates a small space for the possibility that the story I've been living in all my life does possibly have space for some edits. What? So I don't mean to say that my or your interpretation of your youth is wrong at all. But I want to create that small space because I want us to explore that little gap to see if we can create something new and maybe something more empowering. Because how we interpret things creates thoughts in our minds. And if we think those thoughts over and over again, they create a connection and a belief. And that belief can become part of our identity. I will be honest with you here, and this part is especially uncomfortable for me to say out loud, but there has been a part of me that actually wants to hold on to the struggle, the hurtful parts of my past, and the challenges that I have faced, because I can use them as a reason for being the way I am. I can wear them like armor. They protect me. They are an excuse. Because if you know me and you know my story, you might have lower expectations of me. Like I have had someone say, wow, with your past, it's amazing that you're even able to function at all. As in, you came from such a hot mess. It's a bloody miracle you're here having this normal conversation and fitting into whatever the general population feels comfortable with. This was said by a friend, and I don't think it was meant with any malice, but ultimately, it's not actually a nice thing to say to someone. 
my point here is that I had part of me that was like, yeah, see, I'm a dumpster fire, so don't expect much from me. I am winning at setting the bar so dang low, people are impressed with my ability to just barely function in regular society. But maybe that's not exactly a great thing because then that's what I'm expecting from and believing about myself. So the stories have been my crutch and you can no doubt see that there's something that will hold me back. They will stop me from looking at situations and challenging and challenges with like a creative mind. They could keep me in an unhappy place going around and around and around with no exit point and really just staying small and safe and flying under the radar. But what would a writer do? Would they leave their main character circling the drain for her entire life? Or would they get creative and give them a chance at a new perspective? Give them the opportunity to see things differently? Would they write in a guide or the ability to grow and expand and change? Would they create the hero's journey for her? I'll tell you what, if I read a book where the main character never grew or overcame anything along the way, I would be pretty bummed. And I don't think I would recommend that book to anyone, and I certainly wouldn't read it again. And yet, around and around we go, same story, no edit. But when we step back and start to view challenges and struggles as part of our story, not the whole story, but part of it, it might be possible to begin the rewrite, the edit, the second draft, giving ourselves the chance to come out the other side. Yeah, with bruises and dents and dings and maybe even some broken parts. But with our sword and our head held high because we're stronger and more of a badass than ever. If we see our challenges in life as stories, it gives us space to solve problems in the rewrite. We can write strengths into hardships and empathy into pain. We can extract grit out of struggles and suffering, resilience out of trauma, and humor out of self-preservation. We can use our newfound badassery to write ourselves into a story we love. It's still our true story, and I would say maybe even more true. This can create space for completing the loop of that part of our journey, and it can also give us new framework or scaffolding for the next part of our journey. If we redefine our beliefs about who we are based on where we came from, what potential opens up for the future? Think about that. If you no longer identify with the person who's suffering through a lifetime of shit, who do you get to become? If you no longer identify as the person whose life is hindered and dictated by your past trauma, who do you get to become? If you no longer identify with the person whose life is so messy that the fact you're even functioning at all is a bloody miracle, who do you get to be? How do you get to show up? What do you get to reach for? What dreams do you get to go after? What life are you suddenly worthy of? I'll freaking tell you. You get to become the most truest version of yourself you've ever gotten to be. You get to start living. You get to be you. 
beautiful, whole, and fucking fantastically worthy of anything you want. You get to be free. Okay, so I'm not saying that this will immediately heal all of your past and your shit you keep in the shadows, but I am saying it's been an incredible healing practice for me. And it's something that over time has helped me gain awareness to when I am slipping into my victim mode. When I am slipping into my old beliefs about who I am and what I'm capable of. Do you know what's hard about recording these podcasts? episodes is I want to go on and on and on and make sure I say all the things I can but no matter what I discover afterwards that I'm messy I've missed huge chunks and probably all the most important things that's super hard for me because I want to get it all perfect and right and I cannot do that so this is an introduction to this idea and just know that it's incomplete and messy but still good so What this looks like in practice is to sit down with some paper or open up a Google Doc and start writing. Long form, bullet points, thought bubbles, whatever works best for you. As in, don't get caught up in the weeds thinking there's a right or wrong way to do this shit. Start by collecting the stories you have in your head as they are now. What's on repeat? What do you tell yourself about where you came from? What experiences does your mind revisit over and over again when you think of your childhood, youth, young adult, life, whenever? Get it all out. So if yours is all sunshine and roses, that is super amazing. And honestly, I don't know what to tell you to do next. But I'm going to assume you've got some shit that came up and that's why you're still listening. So for framework, mine could sound like I grew up in the middle of nowhere with no friends. We had no electricity, phones, or roads, or or any neighbors, and I felt so lonely. We were super poor and lived in what some might consider to be basically a step up from a chicken coop. And after years of living with my angry and hurtful father, he finally abandoned us essentially when I was six. We were broken, pretty broke, and even more alone. And I was filled with painful rage that lives on to this day. I felt abandoned and hurt and also really raw and broken from years of emotional abuse and having a narcissistic father who was a drug addict and an alcoholic and who seemed to get joy out of hurting the people who he should love. And then my mom met and connected with a man who brought so much light and joy into our life. It felt like we were really healing as a family and as a unit and learning how to laugh and exist again. And then he drowned. And that was like having our soul ripped out of us as a unit. It felt like we would perpetually stay in struggle. We were all just silently drowning with him in our suffering. I was so afraid all the time. And I grew up really believing that the world was a bad and unsafe place. I grew up being, being afraid that everyone would leave me and that I had no value. I grew up believing that what I said 
was going to be ridiculed and judged and thrown in my face. That no matter how hard I tried to be good, people would always leave. Honestly, I grew up broken and with a hole in my heart that I spent years building a fortress around to keep me safe from more suffering. And so I don't know if you can tell, but this is a well-beaten path, this story. It flows off of my mind like waterfall. And it's hard and it hurts and it's all very there, real. That's also a very short, tight version. (laughs) Not going into the weeds too deep. As you go through your own story, try and notice any beliefs about yourself that could have come up from your story. Notice if you have attached any part of your identity to your history. Notice too anything that you might not want to let go of, even if it's hurting you. No need to judge yourself here or your history. It's all just part of who you are and you are amazing. We're just exploring stories. And now the real work happens. Now we challenge our brain to find a different story to tell. And this can be quite hard because we've been telling ourselves the same story for so long it's become part of our fabric. But this is where the gold is. This edit and rewrite and shift in our brain is where we get to define ourselves by our grown-up self. So challenge yourself and keep at it until you find things that feel true and real and maybe even empowering. You might have to really push your brain to do the work here. That's okay. This is good. It's worth it. I promise. And if you keep trying, keep coming back to this practice, you will find the gold. You will. I feel like I keep needing to give disclaimers. And this one is, I'm not trying to tell you you need to change the facts or deny them or even avoid them. They are part of you. No shame, no judgment. This is about finding your power and your strengths and your ability to survive hard things and use those to define you. Use those to define who you are. Does that make sense to you? Okay, quickly, my flip story could sound like I grew up on a beautiful and wild remote island with an active imagination and a love for books, stories, and adventure. My strong and amazing mom kicked my narcissistic alcoholic dad out when I was six, and it was honestly like a cloud of anger was lifted off of our life. Every day was spent filled with adventures and beauty. We learned how to be resourceful and strong and independent. My mom fell in love with a man who lifted our hearts higher than we ever could have imagined. And even though he drowned, his light forever changed us. We laughed, we danced, we swam, we had magic times. And I grew up knowing I could take care of myself, that I had an internal strength and a resilience that couldn't be taken away by anything, that each person is a gift, and that time with other people is glorious. I grew up knowing that hard isn't necessarily bad, that time with myself is wonderful, and I have learned that what makes me different is what makes me interesting. In truth, that took a lot of machete work for me. It was like building a trail in the rainforest, if you know what I mean. 
What I mean is, in a rainforest, things grow back together almost as soon as you clear the path. The foliage literally closes back in behind you, like you're thwacking away and you turn around and it's just like vegetation. That's how I imagine my neural pathways in my brain. But the point here is that this is the same childhood. Both are true, but very different beliefs and potential are going to come out of this story. So as you do this, notice any beliefs that come up with this new edit. Notice any strengths, anything that feels like something you have been longing for. Some examples could be like courage and empathy and a sense of humor, resilience, compassion, or bravery. The thing is, it's been there all the time. We've just never given it an opportunity to show up. And now I want you to circle back to the questions we talked about earlier. When you see yourself with these traits, when you see yourself as whole and beautiful and fantastically worthy of the life you want, how do you get to show up? What do you get to reach for? What dreams do you get to go after? What life are you suddenly worthy of? What permission do you have that you've been asking for all this time? What do you get to do? Once again, I don't want you to think I'm saying to deny or pretend like the other parts of your life experience didn't happen and aren't true, or that we need to feel bad or ashamed about them. Totally the opposite, in fact. These parts of us are part of us, but they aren't the only part of us, and they're not the only truth. We get to write the story. We get to write the stories we want to hear on repeat over and over again. And we get to choose as grown-up adults what we let define us and what we let dictate where we're going. So as a couple of random side notes here are a few other ways I've been working on healing my relationship with my past and myself over the past while. So number one, these might be weird, I don't know, but... (laughs) Here we go. Number one, I keep a picture of myself from when I was about three or so by my bed. And every day-ish, I pick it up and I tell her what she needed or needs to hear. This can be something about how I love her and think she's amazing. I find that because I'm talking to a three-year-old version of myself, this is pretty easy for my brain to believe because what three-year-old isn't amazing and hilarious and incredible, right? Or I might say words of encouragement that I really needed at different times in my life. Or things I need to hear now. Whatever comes up, but always with love and acceptance and kindness. Number two, and and this one might sound just hilariously simple and random, but has actually been huge for me. So let's do it. I started meditating with my hands facing my lap. Yep, that's it. (laughs) But here's the thing. For my entire life, I've always thought everyone else has a better idea about what I should be doing. I've always thought my ideas and my thoughts and my things were stupid and not good. Hello, childhood trauma. So I have always been looking for external help. External validation, external recommendations, external ideas, external everything. Then one morning during meditation... I suddenly realized I'd had it. I didn't want to be asking the energy around me to answer all my questions and thoughts and feelings and challenges. 
I had this moment of total clarity that I had the answers I needed. Palms turned towards thighs. So simple, but the significance of it was huge for me. So now I feel like I can be both open to the universal offerings, but I can be open to my own. Ultimately, it all seems to come from within, so I hope that this makes sense on some level. Number three, it's also part of a meditation practice. And this is when I get into bed, I put one hand on my heart and one hand on my stomach, and I repeat a few times the quiet mantra of, I am here and I am listening. And this comes from a meditation I listen to on Insight Timer, which is a totally free meditation app that is basically a source of therapy and learning and pretty much has something for anything you need in each moment. From manifestation to boosting immunity to mindfulness and breathing to healing trauma, which is where I found Megan Kirk Chang and her trauma healing meditations. They are beautiful and also I wish this podcast was sponsored by Insight Timer, but it is not. Okay, so putting my hand on my stomach was connecting to my gut and intuition. And my hand on my heart was connecting to my most authentic self. This is something that I created out of her meditations. And you can see that this is also about connecting with self and actually listening. Listening to come what comes up. Connecting with the sound of your heartbeat and with your body. This is huge if you never know what to do, if you feel like you're always asking other people, if you're always, I don't know, seeking other people's opinions, if you never know what to do, if you just feel lost and unconnected or not connected to your gut instinct or to your intuition, this is a practice for you. Thank you for being here. And if you're up for it, please leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts or share this with a friend who might get something out of this practice. Kindness for days. And don't forget to ask yourself, who do you get to be when you're not weighed down by the weight of your past?